0: Hello, and welcome to the Spirit of Praise broadcast. Coming to you from the Tabernacle of Praise Church International, headquartered in York, South Carolina, where our founder and overseer is Bishop Alfred Jackson. Copies of the message from this broadcast can be purchased at our headquarters in Monrovia at the Hope of Praise Church in Numatadia States, where Jackson G. Weah is pastor. We would love to hear from you, so write to us here in America at 229 Wood Street, York, South Carolina, 29745, or email us at tabernacleofpraise at msn.com. Thank you for tuning in and have a wonderful day. Matthew chapter 2. I just want to share a brief word with you today. Um, I pray that will that we'll inspire us. And there's so much to share on Christmas Day. So much to share about the Savior so much to share about what God has done, what God is doing, and what God is yet going to do. Because as we've been ministering the last two Sundays, you know, this season is not just about the birth of the Savior coming into the world, but it's also about his coming again. And we can never forget that. And I really encourage you. Um, I really encourage you to read. I encourage you to read, uh, I encourage you to read Revelations. You know, the message we preached a few Sundays ago talked about the blessing of reading the prophecy that's written in the book. But one of the things that I've discovered um, is that, you know, if you go back and you read the prophets and you read, uh, you know, uh, Isaiah and uh, Ezekiel, um, uh, Zechariah, there's a lot of prophets And you read it in conjunction with Revelation, you get such a greater understanding of what took place and what's going to take place. And you're able to tie things together and opens up your understanding. God is in control. You know, he's in control. Um, Sin is going to be judged, and sin is going to be punished. You know, we live in a time, and I want us to hear this. This is not a part of our message. We live in a time. I was reading in the 16th chapter of Revelation the other day, and it talked about, you know, uh, the, the, the uh, wrath of God that's been, that will be poured out on the earth. And as God was pouring out his wrath, it talked about how people refused to repent and how many of them cursed God. And I see, I see, with the attitudes in this world today, because we have, we have, in the world, not just in America, uh, but we've, we're, we're moving in that direction in America, where, where our own perspective is right, and, and God is wrong, and 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 people are teaching that, and people are pushing, people are pushing agendas. Uh, and families uh, that don't line up with the Word of God and the will of God, and 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 people are not reading; they're not reading the Bible. They don't know what the Bible says, you know, and people are going to churches that are not teaching about, the and they're altering the scriptures, and they're teaching things that are not in line with the scriptures, and 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 and, and so you know. I see the day coming when people are going to curse God. They're going to refuse to repent because they're thinking that God is wrong, that God is being too harsh, that God is being mean, and why can't I live the way I want to live? This is my life. You know, why can't I do this? I have a right to do this. And so the day is going to come when the wrath of God is poured out on the earth, whether you're living or dead. Now, you can die in your sin, but you're going to face God in judgment. Yeah, yeah. And so we need to, we need to read, saints. Amen. Don't just come to church. Don't just come to church. There's not a person in here except these little babies who cannot read. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's real. You need to read. You need to know what the word of God says. Yes, if, you, if, you, if you seriously read the word of God with a heart to understand, the Lord will give you understanding. He'll give you understanding. He'll open up the scriptures to you. Hallelujah. Anyway, message number one. Message number two is in Matthew chapter two. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi, a wise men from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born king of Jews? King of the Jews. We saw his star in the East and have come to worship him I want to skip down to verses 11 and 12 Verse 11 On coming to the house they saw the child with his mother Mary and they bowed down and worshiped him Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and incense and of myrrh and having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod they returned to their country by another route. I want to talk about responding properly to the good news. Responding. Responding to the good news. Father, I thank you for the word. I thank you for the power of your word. I thank you, Lord, that when your word goes forth, it will not return to you void, but it will accomplish all that you desire. Thank you, Lord, that hallelujah, you prosper your word in the things that you sent your word to so thank you for sending your word to us today. And thank you, Lord, for what your word is going to accomplish in our lives. We commit this time to you. We commit ourselves to you. Grant a fresh anointing of your spirit that I might minister under your anointing, Lord, and that through your anointing, yokes will be destroyed and burdens removed. Have your way now. Give me clarity of thought, clarity of speech, Lord God. Speak to me as I speak to your people. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Today we we celebrate the central event in the history of the earth. The central event in the history of the earth. The very thing that the whole story has been about. This is what C.S. Lewis says. The central event in the history of the earth what else ta- whatever else has taken place, this is the central event, the birth, the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. God created the world. Amen. This is the central event because from Genesis, where we see the, the, what God cursed the serpent, it said that. Uh, that the, the the seed of the woman would bruise the serpent's head, and the serpent would bruise his heel, the seed of the woman's heel. It speaks of Jesus Christ. His birth is the central event, the central event in the history of the earth. That's what we're celebrating. I was reading on Facebook. I uh, I'm I'm a part of this discussing Liberia group, and a lot of Muslims are on the group, and. One, one man made a comment about uh, December 25th can't be verified as the birth of Christ. And I think most of us know that this is not the day Christ was born, but the day that the church, uh, church fathers set aside to celebrate the birth of our Savior. All of us celebrate birthdays. Amen. And so why not celebrate the birth of our Savior? The central event. Now, if this is the central event, the central event in the history of the world, then there is something else to come. Amen. Amen. God inaugurated the earth in Jesus. Yeah. Amen. The word became flesh and dwelt among us in Jesus. And God is going to culminate the history of the world in Jesus Christ. Amen. So this is why we celebrate today and this is why it's wonderful to worship on this day. We really ought to worship every Christmas day. Amen. Every Christmas day we ought to worship whether it's on Tuesday or Wednesday. Amen. What have you? I didn't get too many amens on that. Amen. But we really should, we really should. And yet in the midst of all of the trappings and the celebrations of this wonderful day, uh, it can be easy to miss why Jesus' birth is so significant. Yeah, because we can get caught up in, in the trappings of the season. Yeah, you know, uh, I, I remember what it was like to be a child on Christmas. And, you know, we knew it was Christmas. We, we knew about the birth of the Savior, but we were more concerned about opening presents. Yeah, we, they taught us about Santa Claus. So we went to bed at night. Thinking that you know you had to be in bed at ten o'clock, and if you weren't in bed by ten, that that that, that someone was gonna come and sprinkle something. What what was it? They were sprinkle in your eye pepper, pepper in your. Eye. Folk lied. I tell, they told so many lies. <laughs> yeah, I used to I used to look at our chimney. I know. I hope y'all told y'all children about Christmas now, because you know I'll, I'll, I'll tell it now if you haven't told them. You better tell them. <laughs> And we had a little small chimney, you know. We didn't have a big fireplace. We had a little, just a chimney with a little scrap. I just said, how in the world, how in the world can somebody get in that little thing and come down? Because if he came down our chimney, he was going into the stove. He wasn't coming out of the fireplace. Amen. But we can get caught up in, in, in all of the trappings of Christmas and miss the significance of the birth of our savior the key to christmas lies not even in the details of the shepherd the shepherds visits or the wise men's journey but in the identity of the one that we have come or that they came to worship and that we come to worship today in jesus in jesus god became flesh and dwelt among us made his dwelling among us Jesus Emmanuel God with us God do you know the significance of God being with you not sitting high and looking low but with you every day of your life through whatever you go through to whatever comes at you God with you hallelujah Through every trial, through every struggle, through every temptation, God with you. Do you know the significance? And if you're not careful, you'll miss the significance of God being with you every day of your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Jesus. God became flesh and dwelt among us. So we don't serve three different gods. I don't care what people say we do. We know that we don't serve three different gods. We serve one God who has revealed himself in the history of man in three different ways. Amen. We serve God the Father in the Old Testament, revealing himself directly through the prophets. In the New Testament, God revealing himself in Jesus Christ. And now God is with us in the person of the Holy Spirit, one God. With us. Hallelujah. And you know, the wonderful thing about it is now he's not only just walking with us, but he lives in us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a wonderful thing. Amen, that he's with you. When you're sleeping at night, God is with you. Hallelujah. Have you ever woke up in the night and your, your, your spirit is praising the Lord? Yeah, yeah, because God is with you. He's not sitting on the side of the bed. He's in you. He's with you. Amen? Amen. You can't get the full picture, as I was saying earlier, and you can't get the full picture of all of this until you read the end of the story. There are glimpses here in the beginning uh, of the story with Herod and the killing of the innocent babies, and, and you know this was read earlier, and I didn't read all of this. Uh, but when you go back and you read the story of the birth of Christ, you see glimpses of 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 what's going to take place. Amen. Yet that just speaks what what we see with Herod uh, uh, personifying evil, and 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 after the wise men not coming back to him and telling him where the Christ child was, killing all of the babies that were two years old and younger. Amen. Yeah, it just speaks to the warfare and hatred toward God. Amen. And the battles that have been going on since the Garden of Eden. Satan hates God. And it's no, it's no, it's no, it's no, it's, it's not strange that, that Satan hates us. It's not strange that there's warfare against true Christianity. Amen. Now, now nominal Christianity doesn't, you know, it's okay. You know, if you just go to church, you know, you're okay. You know, the devil's not going to bother you too much. But, but if you're a spirit-filled Christian and you love the Lord and you take a stand for righteousness, the devil is going to come at you. The devil is going to attack you. People will hate you. People will say that you're mean. People will say that you're intolerant. People will say that you're hateful. People will say that you're out of line. Amen. The devil will attack your body. The devil will attack your finances. The devil will attack everything about you if you stand for God. But it's not anything strange because the Bible speaks of all of this. Speaks of all of this. Yeah. Yeah. And it's been going on since the beginning. Yeah yeah when you, when when Moses was born, you see what took place, yeah when Pharaoh killed all of those babies yeah yeah, you see what took place and, and it is it, in, in in revelation that we see the end of the story, what happens when Satan and those who follow him and worship him uh uh uh, what happens to them? And it is in Revelations also that we really see Jesus victorious and reigning as King of kings and Lord of lords. you got to read Revelation. I keep telling you, and I'm going to keep on saying it, I don't care if it incites fear in you. You need to read it. And you need to read it with understanding. Amen. Yet in this, in this first advent, in this first advent of Christ... Advent means coming. The first coming of Christ, there, there is a message worth receiving. As I said earlier, there are many messages. When you, when you look at these scriptures, there are so many messages that, that come to mind. Um, but God has given us just one today from this passage of scripture. And I'm going to share this, and I'm going I'm to be finished in just a few minutes, so you better catch it while I'm going. Yeah, yeah. When we look at this, one of the things that we see in, in the second chapter of, of Matthew is the vision visit of the magi, the, the wise men. And, you know, some people have relegated these men to just astrologers. But when you really do the reading, you do the research, and you, you go back and study, they were actually wise men. They were not just watchers of stars. Um, you know, and, and I was reading, and it, it talked about they were actually um, Midian priest a Midian priest from the Mede empire and you read about Medo-Persia Medo yeah and you, that's why you need to read the prophets because then when you get to Revelations and you see what some of the things that happens in Revelations it ties it back to the Medo-Persian empire and Babylonia but here these were actually priests uh, of the Median empire and, 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 and one of the reasons this is significant Is that when the Israelites were taken into captivity, one of the empires that they were subject to was a a Medo-Persian empire. So Judaism was there and it was, when you read about Esther and Artaxerxes and you read about King Darius and and Cyrus, kings of the Medo-Persian Empire, and you see the Jewish people living in this empire and planning the word of God. I mean, and, and you see, was it Cyrus, King Cyrus that gave the edict for the Jews to go back and rebuild Jerusalem? Amen. So when you get to the book of Matthew and you read about these wise men, they were not just astrologers. They were actually priests. They, they 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 and 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 they 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 knew about God. I don't know they, they, they were priests in the Midian Empire. They, maybe they were God worshipers. Yeah. All right? And so they knew about the prophecy of the Messiah. And and, and, and so they knew about times and seasons, and they were and and, 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 and they were watching. They were paying attention. You know, people today don't pay attention to times and seasons. We live for the moment. We live for right now and we don't pay attention to times and seasons. We got to start paying attention to times and seasons. And the only way you're going to know about the times and seasons of God is you got to get in the book. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, get in the book. So they came they came, and, 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 and they came looking, they came seeking for the Savior. As I looked at this, and I preached a message on this a long time ago, wise people still seek the Savior. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, wise people, wise people. Seek, the seek the Savior. We seek a whole lot of things in life. We seek a holiday. We're seeking our education. We're seeking careers. We're seeking boyfriends. We're seeking girlfriends. We're seeking husbands. We're seeking wives. We're seeking money. We're seeking fame. We're seeking fortune. Because we're thinking about this life. But we need to be seeking the Savior. We need to be seeking the Savior. We need to be se- if you seek Him, what will you find? Well, in this particular passage of scripture, there are four things that that when you really get a heart for God and you begin to study the scriptures, God is not hard to find. God will reveal himself to you. So even in this particular scripture, this is some of the things that you'll find out when you begin to seek. Because seeking is not just reading these few verses. Seeking is when you begin to study, when you begin to get the commentaries, when you begin to get to read, when you begin to dig Because you want to find out more about your Savior. You want to find out more about this one that they call Jesus, the Christ of God. You don't want just what you get in church. What you get in church should spur you on to dig more, to seek for more. So many people come to church, and that's all they get. Because they're not but they're not. They're, they don't have an inspiration inside of them to dig for more. How many of you who are working would like a promotion on your job? So, what do you do in order to get promotion? What do you do? I don't hear you. You work hard. You find out what it takes to, You find out what it takes to get a promotion. If you want to cook a cake and you don't know how to cook a cake, what are you going to do? You're going to do what? You're going to find a recipe. You're going to go somewhere and find the recipe. My son asked me the other day, he said, Dad, I want you to show me how to make pancakes from scratch. I said, go to the internet and get a recipe. What you want to know, you search for it. You dig for it. Amen, if you really want it. But what happens with a a lot of Christians is we don't dig to find out more about our Savior. Everything is just face value, whatever the pastor says, you know. Because we're really not interested, you know. We really want to hurry up and finish preaching so we can go home and eat breakfast this morning. I might preach a little while longer since I said that. (laughs) I'm in him. <laughs> Hallelujah. Paul preached that man, went to sleep and fell out of the window. It's just, it's just it's 9.30 in the morning, so I got a long time to preach, and we got to raise a platform so y'all can sit up there and fall out of the window because you're going to go to sleep on me today. Hallelujah. Amen? So, so when you begin to dig, some of the things you see here is that the place of Jesus' birth. Amen? Amen. The place of his birth is Bethlehem. The house of bread. So the bread of life has come through the house of bread. Amen. Jesus is the bread of life. Doesn't the Bible call him the bread of life? And he's come through the house of bread. You begin to find out about his birth, the place of his birth. You you begin to see that he, he went to Egypt. Amen. And why he went to Egypt. All of it's prophesied. So what happens is you begin to see prophecy come to fulfillment. You want, you want to know that what God has said is the truth. Well, right. So prophecy begins to come to fulfillment. You see the slaughter of the innocent children. And you see him just dwelling at Nazareth. Amen. Amen. You see all of this. Because this is prophesied. Amen. And what the the Christ story is letting us know is that what God has said through his prophets is the truth. And that proves God is true. So if you want to serve the true and the living God, you begin to search to find out if what he said was the truth. And Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall do what? Amen. Amen. So out of all of the things that we seek in life, that we diligently seek, some of you all are are, are engaged in some serious pursuits right now. Are you seeking the Savior? Is his birth significant enough for you, to you, to seek him? To really know him. Not know about him but to really know him, to have an intimate, personal relationship with him. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Seeking the Savior in this life will lead to eternal life. Amen? Yeah. He came, amen, that we might have life, yeah, more abundantly, but also eternal life. Yeah, yeah. The wise men, and when they found him, Listen to this. When they found him, they said, where is he? Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw a star in the east, and we have come to do what? We come to do what? We come to do what? So when they got down to verse, verse 9, said, after they heard the king, king said, come back and tell me because I want to worship him. because he was lying. And they heard the king. They went on their way, and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them, until it stumped over the place where the child was. I'm not going to talk about the star, but I want to talk about what the wise men did. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, and they bowed down and did what? Worship. Worshipped him. They worshiped him. Worship of the Savior is the only proper thing to do when you encounter him. When you really have an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ, the only proper thing to do is to worship him. Yeah. I mean, his his presence inspires worship. Being in his presence stirs worship. I mean, you're in such awe that the only thing you can do is worship him. Ooh. Yeah, 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 yeah. He, he, is, he is the only one, the only one who's worthy of our worship. For he is the king of kings and he is the Lord of lords. And there is no other name given among men whereby we can be saved. Jesus Christ, the only one God has given, the one God has revealed himself through. Again, he's, he's Emmanuel, he's God with us. He's, a, he's God coming in the flesh. Yeah, yeah. He gives us peace. He gives us joy. He gives us victory. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they made their way to him and they worshiped him. Yeah. You know what? You don't worship the Lord just because you come to church. Coming to sitting in church is not worshiping the Lord. A lot of people come to church and they don't worship. A lot of people come and they don't worship. Worship is an attitude of the heart, first of all. Yeah, yeah. It's an attitude of the heart. You know, I felt so special when I walked in this morning and, and Gabe saw me. He said, Bishop, and he came running to me. He gave me my hug. And his little sister followed and gave me my hug. You know, and it is. It's, when I think about that, I didn't think that he was worshiping me, but I think about how we should approach the Savior. I mean, you know, people people come out of obligation. A lot of people really don't want to, especially especially some children. You know, they stay at home, and some adults are stay at home, and they thought I wasn't looking for them, but. They, there, there, there's not this excitement about being in worship and, 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 and really worshipping the Savior are you hearing me not worshipping the pastor but worshipping the Savior that means that when you sing you're singing to him you're not singing to the people You're not singing so people can see you. You're singing to him. When you're praying, you're praying to him. When you're lifting up holy hands, you're worshiping him.